Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I am your host, Jennifer Spizer. And I'm Jamie Spizer. And we are actually going to dive right into gut health and inflammation. So, you know, we had a really cool weekend. We, we flew down to Miami. We went to this conference on age management. And I find it really funny that a big topic, no matter what uh, we sat in on, whether it was um, hormones or diet and inflammation toxicity, it always came around back to gut health. Correct. I think that something that you've been preaching about for a long time, which is diet, 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 and obviously some practitioners that are in, you know, American medicine do realize it, like I'm one of those people, and that's how we got started even talking about precision fitness and medical spa, it was all around the same things, because I realized that what you eat affects your skin, and that kind of led me to believe that it's going to affect other things in the body, and now I do think that there are doctors out there that are starting to follow this trend and realize that food is thy medicine, and gut, your gut, as we've just learned, is made from the same fetal tissue as the brain, and it's also a big part of your immune system, and something else that I don't think people realize is that it actually is the home to most of your neurotransmitters. Correct. And, you know, our business model is set up on that is, you know, we have the fitness side, we have the spa side, but diet um, and your nutrition program is key for both sides because, you know, we cannot train a poor diet. And also you can't always fix skin issues if they're always contributing to gut issues. So the big thing when it comes back to, and you can really see that in the, in the mainstream media and social media, how now you see all this stuff about apple cider vinegar, you see stuff about um, baking soda, you see lemon with coffee. So yes, you're 100% right. You know, the, the focus now that you're hearing a lot by dietitians, holistic nutrition coaches, and even your MDs um, and your biohackers is address the gut health first. Right. And I guess, you know, we're going to dive into a whole series of this and, and speak about inflammation where there's a million episodes we can make on gut health, but to kind of just set it off and, and get, you know, a good picture for anyone that's listening is kind of an overall approach of how someone, you know, they, we don't want them paralyzed by analysis. There's so many different variations of what people can do. So I really wanted to dive into something that you just said about apple cider vinegar, baking soda. Where would you tell someone to start, you know, if they're inflamed, if they're on medi medications, if they're breaking out, like what is the best thing for someone to start on? Well, I think one, the first thing we have to do is, you know, you really have to kind of go through a health questionnaire to really kind of figure out where the client's been, what have they been doing? What are their lifestyle choices been like? I think it's a key thing. Um, and then how we start our programs is we start people what's called a low FODMAP diet approach and an elimination diet approach. So we kind of combine the two now, a low FODMAP, if you research that, is going to be more focused around IBS. But the key to restoring gut health and getting inflammation down is to introduce low inflammatory foods, not high inflammatory foods. So, you know, your your green vegetables, your lean meats, sweet potatoes, jasmine, basmati rice are going to be more of your low inflammatory foods. And, of course, your high inflammatory foods is going to be alcohol, preservatives, um, deli meat, alcohol. So those are the things that are going to create more of a toxic load. And when you talked about like apple cider vinegar and lemon juice and stuff like that, what we're trying to correct in the gut is we're trying to bring that acidity level back up so that we have the acidity in the, in the stomach to break down the carbs and the more specifically the proteins 
to digest the food so it doesn't just basically rot in the stomach. Well, and you know, that's actually something that you even taught me with coffee. You know, coffee, when it's brewed, it becomes acidic, which hence the craze of cold brew. But let me just touch on, you bring acidity up. There are tons of people that have GERD or even heartburn, you know, can't lay down. Certain foods upset their stomach. They make them have heartburn and just that uncomfortable feeling. And so the first thing that we do in medicine is we will prescribe something to decrease the stomach acid which in turn is actually perpetuating the problem and making it worse because our food, our stressors, everything else is decreasing hydrochloric acid and the decrease of hydrochloric acid then leads to SIBO and other things not being killed off, basically. Correct. As we age, you know, we lose that hydrochloric acid in our stomach. Now, the one thing to make clear on this is there's a difference between alkaline in the body and there's a difference between the alkalinity within your stomach. There's two different things. So the body obviously is going to alkaline the body naturally on its own. It's going to bring the blood back to a neutral pH level. The question is, is how hard are you making your body work to do that? Are you shoving your mouth full of, you know, junk food, alcohol, sugars? Um, if you have gluten intolerance issues, dairy, these are all going to be issues that are going to contribute to make your body work harder. I always describe it, the gut is like trying to balance out the pH level in a pool, right? So we know when you swim in a pool, you got to put two chemicals in there. One makes it overly acidic and one um, balances it back out. So if all you did was dump protein and carbs into the body, then you're in a sense making more of an acidic environment. So you got to throw some fruits and vegetables in there, which are your basis, um, and kind of balance that level out. And then of course your fats are neutral. So, but again, kind of going back to the pool analogy is, if all you do is dump protein and carb sources in, you can become acidic without having the balance of fruits and vegetables, which is why they always say, yeah, did you eat your meat with your veggies? Well, and that, and that makes sense. And I don't think people even understand. I don't even think we understand that and what our ancestors knew or how they even knew it. Maybe it was innately that certain things just work well together. You know, you have enzymes that come from certain citric acids and citrus fruits, and that actually helps digest food. I mean, it's very simple yet complex at the same time. And I think it just takes understanding your body. You know, you talk about an elimination diet, something, three things that people could eliminate right away that would greatly impact their gut health and their gut microbiome and their overall systemic inflammation is sugar, dairy, and processed foods like gluten. We eat way too much gluten. Well, there's a difference between added gluten and natural gluten. So Again, you, you got to kind of understand yourself and you got to understand what your body needs and more specifically, what is more sustainable for you is, is the big thing. Um, you know, you touched on SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And, you know, a lot of people will start off on their on their weight loss journey with like juicing and more sprinkled like fruit smoothies and stuff. Well, that sugar within that is going to feed that bacterial overgrowth. And the big thing that's really, again, kind of going back to what you're saying is doctors were prescribing medications for um, acid reflux and stuff like that. So they're treating the symptom, but not the cause. And the main cause behind your um, leaky gut, behind your acid reflux between GERD is SIBO. So if you don't understand how to do that, you can do your own research clearly. You can read because the internet's full of information, but what are you filtering through and are you getting accurate information? Or why don't you hire someone to kind of help you get your gut health to a square point, uh, address your SIBO issues, 
and then you'll have whatever candida and stuff like that will be fixed. Well, and that, you know, we're kind of all over the place and that kind of brings me down to like the original question of what you would tell someone and everybody's different. I just heard an analogy this morning when I was listening to something, um, you know, kind of, we all genetically have our own cup and our genes and our, you know, not to get too scientific because we'll get into it, our genes have changed and have evolved slightly, but they're really kind of the same. Certain people have different SNPs and for, to put that in layman's terms, meaning different breaks. For example, you and I both have one of the MTHFR variations, which means that we can't absorb folic acid and B12 from food along with other various things. Um, in addition, epigenetics, which is changes in the DNA over time from stressors, from, you know, like how they say diabetes used to not be a genetic inherited thing. And now it is because the epigenetics are slowly changing. So we all have our cups and everybody's cup is different. And some people's cup gets full quicker and some people's doesn't. So what I mean by that is you could be easier to get inflamed than me. And we have certain inflammatory markers or immune markers. They're called cytokines. And when we're chronically inflamed, then it's going to create a chronic disease. Chronic disease, even though it's normal in this country, it's not normal. And it's not something that we all should be dealing with. So basically, if we figure out what is actually causing the most insults for the each individual patient, which they have now coined the term, and I think it goes great with our business model, is precision medicine. So it's more proactive care versus reactive care that's individualized for the exact patient. And what I mean by that is there's various testing that we can do. You know, somebody might have been exposed to mold. Someone may have had long years of antibiotic use, which killed the microbiome or painkillers or painkillers or um psychiatric drugs like ssris they affect the gut microbiome there's so many insults and everybody's insults are different whether they were exposed to other things like i said i mean everybody has a different path so while you know i see people they want a quick fix but they're going to go keto or they're going to do intermittent fasting or they're going to go juice dieting we had that one patient reach out and ask if that's what she should do what happens is, is people get to a certain pain point and they don't know where to go and unfortunately, there's so much information or they have a friend that did really well on a ketogenic or a vegan diet. Well, that diet might not be the right approach because you could be high in histamine and you're following a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet and you're just loading your body up with more histamine. Right. So. And kind of go back to what you had said, you know, insults. So I'll break that down from the brain that over here and break <laughs> it down to the like my level. So insults can be something as simple as like the person who does cheap meals or free meals or whatever you want to call them today. It's something that's always got a coin name to it. But, um, you know, some people like me and you, because of the MTHFR gene, we can't detox properly Monday through Friday to continue to do back-to-back weekends. Now, we might be able to get away with one weekend and a second weekend, but then we absolutely have to take the next weekend off and eat clean and without any toxic load on the body. Um, from foods because obviously we're going to still get it from work stress. We're going to get it from day-to-day stress. So we have to reduce down the ones we can control because there's ones we're not going to be. So that's kind of touching on what you had said about like insults. Um, I know that previous brain trauma from concussions and sports and stuff can be insults on the body too. But, and then like you had said, as far as going into like everybody, you know, we do our research and we go on Google and we, look up the, the what's basically the newest hottest trend and if you watch like keto will cycle through it will become really hot and then it kind of fades away then it comes back the same thing with intermittent fasting paleo the carnivore diet's really hot right now um 
But the thing with it is, is even if you see your friend in the gym, like you said, mm-hmm. does really well with it. But what you don't understand is, will your body do well with that? Unless, and kind of getting back to a starting point, like where do you start? A good place to start, again, would be the low FODMAP diet, elimination diet, but also getting some uh, a, a whole blood panel done so you can see your vitamin, mineral deficiencies. You can see hormonal imbalances. You can see where your insulin, glucose, fasted A1Cs all sitting at. And that way you can see if you're insulin resistant, if you're insulin sensitive, is your estrogen dominant. This all plays a role on what's going to be the right approach for you. Well, and basically what I want to give listeners, you know, that are listening to this an idea, whether they are new to what our business model is or they're a current patient, you mentioned blood work. And yes, blood work is a great snapshot, but we're actually now going to be offering even more testing that can see if you have mold colonizing in your gut, um, if you have SIBO or other fungal and yeast infections, because if you have something like that going on, you like you said, you have to starve it out. You have to get to the cause, not just keep treating the symptom. Me coming from IBS my entire life, which, you know, learning that inflammation causes things like anxiety and depression. It wasn't until I became very in tune with my body, which was due to an elimination diet, thanks to you when we started competing, I realized what actually caused insults. You brought up the brain. Yes, the brain can have insults due to concussions, but the gut, which is your second brain, can have insults day in and day out from toxins that we might not even realize that we're dealing with, which is why we have the rise of autoimmune disorders. And I want to talk about what you said with estrogen dominance. You know, perfect example, we thought I was estrogen dominant, but really I had been inflamed for so long that I was holding on to estrogen because I had gut dysbiosis, which is, you know, in layman's terms, I had IBS. If my gut wasn't regulated, I probably had gut permeability or leaky gut. I know that I would vary from constipation to, you know, the other extreme and I wasn't absorbing my food. And when that happens, estrogen starts to get recirculated back in the body because you get rid of the estrogen that your body needs to get rid of because there's different estrogens and I won't get into that. But if you're not going to the bathroom the way that you need to, chances are you're going to increase your risk of PCOS and endometriosis if you're a female or, you know, gynecomastia and other things if you're a male because estrogen is coming back up. And actually, I just kind of misspoke on that uh, research. So we'll get back on the gynecomastia, but you know what I'm saying. But it's funny that, you know, and this is a question for the audience, like ask yourself, because I hear it all the time in my consultation and how people think it's normal that you go to the bathroom like once every three days or a week. That, that's not normal. No. Um, you need to be going to the bathroom at least once a day, um, if not two to three times a day. Now, of course, we want to have solid bowel movements, not liquid. But, you know, there's some contributing factors that can be to that. Uh, magnesium is going to be one of them. Uh, water intake is going to be another one. So again, you know, it's it's not just as simple as just jumping into a, a nutrition program and just going at it um, because that might not be the good fit for you. It might not be a sustainable one for you. And then also you might not even be doing it correctly. Well, you might not. And then you brought up hormone health and I know we just touched on this, but there's so many people that are having hormonal issues and they don't realize it. Thyroid, your hypothyroidism, some subclinical hypothyroidism, you know, just so much stuff going on. And it is all related to the gut because you have four organs of excretion, your integumentary system, which is your skin, your kidneys, your liver, and your colon. And your body's always going to work from most important to least important. So unfortunately, the skin gets beat up from the inside and the outside, which is why 
you, you know, in aesthetics and functional medicine, and now kind of in the FD world, like if you look at research, they, they do, you know, look at the skin to assess what might be going on internally, but it is going to show itself on the skin. So paying attention to that. If you have skin conditions, dietary changes will fix it. But again, if you don't know the cause, and so that's where, you know, fasting might be a better choice than a juice diet or, you know, having to clean up and maybe even going on a prescription to get rid of SIBO or however, or however we might need to do it. But you have to get to the cause of what's causing you problems. Correct. You got to get to the root part of it. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I remember going to my first SIBO practitioner course and stuff like that. I came back all excited about this new stuff I learned called face mapping. And you were like, I learned that a long time ago in my aesthetic field, but it's, it's true. The, the skin will tell you what organs are failing at that point in time. And that can give you a good direct approach. Um, you know, the liver also is probably what, the, what you get the most abused organ within the body. Well, yeah, because it's also, I mean, it's filtering everything. And then if the gut's off, then it's going to negatively affect the liver next. Um, and then in addition, if you have some of these epigenetic mutations or these genetic SNPs or whatever, you, you know, however you want to talk about it, like MTHFR, that's where it starts to back up. So whether it be like the chicken or the egg, I, I don't really know. And I don't know if anyone can know, but you know, with us not being able to detox, to detox and they say only 60% of the population has MTHFR. I'm here to tell you now in our little case study of patient database, only about 5% of our patients don't. So that means that their liver isn't detoxing. They're not absorbing the food. So both the gut and the liver are being insulted, Correct. basically. And then, you know, we've talked about the usage of apple cider vinegar and lemon juice and hydrochloric acid to help restore acid within the stomach. But also one thing like the gallbladder is one that is being attacked a lot. We've seen and heard data on how COVID has affected the gallbladder. And what happens with the gallbladder is that becomes sticky, then it's not your food, not, you're not absorbing nutrients properly. You want that gallbladder to be real slick, like a slip and slide. So what's one thing you can do? Um, cranberry juice. Cranberry juice helps with kidneys, but it also helps flush out and clean that, that gallbladder. Well, and um, Dr. Tendora, one of the first functional medicine doctors that we ever used, she actually taught us that. And to give listeners, I don't want them to go out and buy just concentrated cranberry juice. It's organic, unsweetened cranberry juice that's diluted by you know eight ounces to one gallon of water, and then you're drinking 16 ounces of that a day. So you're not overloading your body with sugar. Correct. It's a natural sugar. Um, and shoot, I was going to say something, and I cannot remember now, so we'll just keep going. But it was about, oh, um, fatty liver disease. There is a huge increase in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, right. and that is related to gallbladder dysfunction, gut dysbiosis just the way that we're all eating and things that we're doing. And it's really affecting us chronically. Correct. And excessive improper carbohydrates. I'll, I'll clarify that. Not so much excessive carbs, mm -hmm. but more of what type of carbohydrates are you bringing in? Explain and that for them. So when I talk about like carbohydrates, again, we talked about sugar. Sugar is a big mm -hmm. one. So, you know, there's the, if it fits your macros diet, right? You can do mm -hmm. 30 grams of carbs and a sweet potato, which is full of fiber, micronutrients, B vitamins, it's a, it's a low GI glycemic index carb, or, you know, you could do it in a pop carb, which has no fiber, pure sugar, no micronutrients to it. It's just a macro at that point. Well, and that's where I've always said, you know, the whole carb counting thing that we're taught in medicine is just silly to me because 
as you and I know, if you eat any simple carbohydrate by itself, even though it might fit in the carb counter, if it's by itself, it's spiking insulin that's directed directly related to estrogen. It's just a whole cyclical thing that goes sideways. Right. Which is again, kind of going back to that elimination diet. That's so important to do because you have the low inflammatory, you have the elimination diet. People always want to talk to and discuss about macro counting and macro counting works once you've identified the foods that work best with your body. Again, kind of going back, you know, a sweet potato could be the root of the inflammation that's causing your bloating, your gas, your constipation. And here you are trying to do something really healthy. Like, look, I just eat chicken and sweet potatoes and chicken and rice. I don't understand why I'm more constipated than I was and going on because you hadn't identified that the sweet potato is the root cause. So that goes back to the elimination diet, which is boring for some people because you have to do at least 21 days of it. Okay. And in all essence, I'm kind of eating the same food day in and day out. And and if you're if you're more inflamed, longer. Like right, you know, it could take and people are like, well, you know, I like my variety. I'm like, let's just be honest here. Y'all have had enough variety over the years <laughs> that I think you can cut some stuff out temporarily to address the issues that you're you've been fighting and finally get the body that you've been wanting. Well and then you got to take your time reintroducing things back in. It's almost like when you're an infant and you've got to like slowly do things like I don't know why we lost that. You know, we, we give a baby the basics and then they slowly add in things so you can see if they're going to have a reaction. We have become so overloaded to in a toxic way, in an inflammatory way that we don't know what the insult is. And I also highly, highly, highly recommend. So like, okay, inflammatory diet, find a practitioner that's going to help figure out what the cause of your issue is so you can get there faster. But then also meditation, you have a vagus nerve, you have a parasympathetic and a sympathetic nervous system that gets completely disarrayed with um, vagus nerve dysfunction. The vagus nerve goes right from your brain down through your gut system through the, to your anus. And by being stressed out, toxic, all that, and not breathing and taking deep breaths, that also affects gut dysbiosis. So meditation every day, being connected with yourself, because at the end of the day, the patient is the person that needs to take control of their life and have control, paying attention to what upset your stomach, what doesn't upset your stomach, what might make you itchy, what makes like, if you have psoriasis or acne, what makes that worse? There's things that the patient also needs to do and they actually have control over this. And if you go to a physician that's not listening to you, get a different position, yep. period. 100%. And the other things you can do, uh, infrared saunas or just mm -hmm. uh, saunas, uh, cold plunge tanks are really hot right now. I really like those. And one thing that tell our clients a lot, like everybody looks at cardio, like especially as meatheads and I want to gain muscle, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't want to do the cardio. And they're always looking at it from like a weight loss issue. But reality is getting out and just walking clears your brain, which will take stress off the body. You know, sometimes you just need to get up and walk away from whatever project or whatever situation is going on. And you need to give yourself a 10 to 30 minute break and just go, especially now that the weather is warming up, is go outside and just walk. You know, that alone will bring down your cortisol levels, will bring down your stress levels, will take the toxic load off the body. So if you want a good reason to continue doing cardio on a daily basis and you're not worried about your weight loss or anything, do it for your brain. Well, yeah, that. And, you know, the other thing I would make sure is making sure that your micronutrients, you spoke about macros, but micros are deficient and whether it be the food source that we're getting because all meat isn't the same if the animal has been raised in a very stressful environment they're eating cortisol if the vegetables are you know harvested in such a way or even sat in the fridge or on the shelf for too long they're losing those micronutrients so 
you know, talking about COVID, mitochondria deficiency is something that we're learning about. Zinc deficiency is something that we're learning about. Magnesium is going to dysregulate everything. So making sure that you're getting your micronutrients. So finding good supplementation if your food doesn't have it. Right. And before we get off here, because we're running short on our time, I wanted to address, you brought up about meat sourcing, correct? So mm -hmm. everybody says buy organic, but is it truly organic? One. And second, you really need to figure out, especially when it comes to like red meat and, and chicken and eggs, so, you know, your beef, it will say grass fed, but is it grass finished? Mm -hmm. Or is it, or is it being fattened up at the end with grain and corn? Right. right? So then, then you come back to is that's, that's where you can still get inflammation in the body based on how the, the meat was processed is one thing, but also how was it finished off? Right. So, you know, do your research on everything. Um, whenever I learn something, I cross check it. So if I read something, I'm like, yeah, I believe in that. Then I'll try to find three or four sor sources to disagree with it. Or if I disagree with something, then again, I'll find three or four sources to support it. So that is one thing I will always give you credit for. He's constantly researching. It's something our entire team believes in. Our medical director, she's our family care provider. She is right in line. She was actually at the, at the conference with us, but she's the one that even introduced us into mold testing and mold and how it colonizes in the gut. But anyway, this sounds overwhelming. It's honestly a lot more simple than I think people realize. Get a good practitioner, get some testing, start paying attention, journal your food, take time for yourself and make sure that you block time to stop and eat and eat and chew your food and think about what you're doing and be grateful for it because there is a connection between the brain and the body, the gut and the body. And if you do those things, you will feel better. Correct. And when you start with supplementation and when you start with food, start with one thing at a time. Don't throw the kitchen sink at your body and then wonder what's working and not what's not working because it's going to be too hard to figure out. Also, don't put an expectation on yourself or your body to respond in three days, seven days, 10 days, and even some cases, 60 days, you got to be consistent. It's just like saving money for the future. You just got to put it away each day and not think about it. And eventually you got this nice little savings going on. And if you continue to do things that are working, don't stop. It doesn't make sense to stop. You can figure out the balance in your life after you basically got back to a baseline that your body functions the way it's supposed to on a daily basis. Well, and to close out here, you bring up the savings account. Healthcare is changing. It's not for the patients anymore. It's for the, you know, the big time hospitals because everybody's losing their butt and that's a whole other topic. But invest in yourself. Yes, quality supplements, quality food, getting extra lab testing, that's all going to be an out-of-pocket expense. But if you don't put the money in your savings account now, you won't have it for when you really need it because less and less is being covered by insurance and chronic disease, even though we consider it normal, is not normal. And you're still going to pay for it one way or another. So start now, build that savings account. You only get one body. You only get one you know, skin. You just take care of it. So anything else? I think that's it. If you want to learn more, you can uh, follow us on our Instagram page at Precision Fitness and Medical Spa. You can go to our website, precisionfitnessandmedspa.com. We do online consultations. We work with people all over the country with our nutrition and exercise program. And our estheticians can even consult with skincare. Virtually awesome. Yes, we have a full team, trainers. Uh, we have a dietitian, estheticians, nurses, nurse injectors, a family care provider, and then obviously Jamie and myself. So. Thank you for tuning in. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, we're going to continue on with this inflammation and gut health and then go on to another series, but let us know. 
And thank you for listening. And again, I'm Jennifer Spicer. And I'm Jamie Spicer. And we are the Confidence Couple. Okay, good. Go ahead. I got pee. You will receive an email notification when the recording is ready.